So hi, this is uh, Mike Edelhart, and I am uh, here today to host the very first uh, episode of Inception. Uh, this is our podcast from uh, the Social Starts and Joyance Funds, essentially about any and all things having to do with the beginning of great companies, about uh, the moment of inception of startups, the moment of inception of new science, uh, new ideas. Uh, that's where uh, I've spent my career, and that's where our fund focuses on. And uh, it's fun to talk about. It's interesting to talk about. And uh, these kinds of conversations stand at the heart of what we do at the fund. So here uh, with me today as uh, our, uh, our first uh, guest ever uh, is uh, Charles Smith, who's one of my partners at the fund. Well, Mike, thanks for having me. You, had, you missed the opportunity. Called it the inception of inception, which I think is what we're actually doing. Uh, we could uh, actually then get into well, it's the meta inception of uh, uh, inception. <laughs> Most importantly, can I curse? Uh, of course, you can okay. curse. Okay, good. Good to know. Well, you had your opportunity to curse. Now, having not taken <laughs> yeah, exactly. your opportunity well, may, to curse, may, cursing is I may or may not. We'll yeah, cursing is off the we'll table. See how excited so, I get about uh, uh, about companies and, and talking about startups, which I, it, it comes to me very easily. So, so uh, yeah, so maybe that's uh, a sign that we should start by talking about how it's important for startups to seize the moment uh, when it's there and not let it go, uh, not let it go by unaddressed. Oh, I, I think that. The thing that gets most exciting about is most exciting to me about talking to any startup CEO is that the, when they have identified the glimpse of that moment and have said, I am going to put everything down and go for this thing at this time because I believe I can make a difference in the world doing it. And it doesn't matter, even the companies that we end up saying no to are thrilling to talk to when the entrepreneur has that moment and is feeling that this is my time. Yeah, I uh, couldn't agree with that uh, more. It's, uh, well, you know, since uh, we do this for a living, it's challenging with uh, startups uh, to go back and uh, and say no and try and say no in a, uh, a humane and kind and helpful way. And it's easy for uh, a startup to imagine that they're in a bilateral conversation. It's you and me. And if you say no, it means you don't like me. And uh, to lose sight of the fact that we're literally looking at hundreds of companies in every meeting. We look at thousands of companies uh, every year. And our investment rate from all that learning and interaction is about 1.5%. Um, and so they're all wonderful. Uh, but they may not, not all be appropriate. And, you know, you talked about uh, the time. And really that's the biggest factor right it the number one reason why startups don't succeed is that it's just the wrong time right and you're it's very difficult to know in advance whether or not the time is actually correct but um and it's difficult for us to know as investors i think one of the things that uh it's important to know is for, for me that w when saying no i learned this the hard way it is so important for us to say no in, a, in, as you said, an honest, humane way, because otherwise the startup is going to push back and you're still saying no. You're, you're, not, you're not going to change your mind. Now, you may change your mind down the road. Performance improves. The market changes, et cetera. But boy, not being upfront, I, I, and, I, and I really work to do that today, is, hey, this is the real reason. 
this is why we're saying no. And um, that nothing can hurt you if you do that. Um, but it, it's never because we didn't think the entrepreneur didn't didn't have drive and spark and interest. So, well, yeah, and um, and the key thing there is we're saying no. It doesn't mean everybody will say no. And uh, it always surprises me uh, with startups, even uh, the ones that we invest in, uh, uh, some of the best we've seen. These are entrepreneurs who will be utterly obsessive about their customers. They study them, uh, they uh, follow them on social media, they stalk them, they'll do anything to understand the folks from whom they're gonna get money. They are incredibly intense and careful about their recruitment. And then they walk in assuming that every single investor on earth is the same. They're all colored green. They right. all have the same motivations. If we said no, that means there's something wrong with the company and not fully getting the we're us, a small fund with corporate and family office uh, 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 backers and a history of sort of finding big wins. And that's what we're uh, here for. And there are other funds and other kinds of investors whose interest, motivation, and reaction to things is entirely different. So the fact that we said no is essentially immaterial. It's what we think, but we're often wrong. We're, we're often wrong. And I think every, every no that I ever send, it, it, it has that in it. We are often wrong prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, and because that there's nothing that's more exciting for me than having any startup succeed at any, at any level as the, in the, in the way that they define success. And success also doesn't necessarily mean that you had an IPO or a billion dollar exit. It means that you controlled a change in the world to the extent that you wanted to. And that, that financially often works out very well for both investors and for companies. But not always. And so, you know, think about that when you're out there starting a company is, is what is the change in the world that you want to affect? Um, and, and that having that drive and that vision is going to shape everything that you do from there forward if you've defined that correctly and effectively. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we say no and uh, you say it and, and I say it, uh, we hope you prove us wrong. Come back and prove us wrong. Yeah. Uh, blow the doors out. Uh, I can see in the eyes of most uh, entrepreneurs that they don't really believe it. And uh, when they do, though, amazing things can happen. Canvas is a really great example. Right. Sure. Uh, when we met Jared, the CEO at Canvas, um, he was full of energy. The idea was full of potential. And we felt at that time he might just be a little young a little inexperienced to the scope of the idea that he'd gotten his hands on, that uh, we were looking at the horse and we were looking at the rider and we are going, hmm. And we did keep in touch and he did keep us informed. And within months, we realized that we had made a very fundamental mistake, that we had misjudged him, that he was tougher, that he was more mature. He began hiring people around him who were uh, uh, startlingly... Uh, capable and well-experienced, and he just started putting numbers down that were dramatic, and uh, we uh, essentially uh, put a sleeping bag on his porch and uh, refused to leave and let his, uh, until uh, uh, he let us put some money in, and, uh, and he's continued uh, in the same manner since. He's now one of the uh, most successful uh, 
companies uh, uh, we have at his stage, and he's uh, moved from product to product and success to success, and he's still hiring people around him who are stronger uh, uh, and more experienced than him, and he is like the father of the kid we met a few years ago. He's grown so much in the job. Uh, I'm uh, delighted that we had the chance uh, to come back and have a second chance with him. And I think that that's, I think it was such a mature decision too on his part to continue to engage with the fund and allow himself to not be personalized about, uh, react personally about the no and saying, okay, these, this fund is a fund that has the, the experience and the knowledge that really can be helpful to me in the future. And so I will continue to communicate them because if they ever write me a check, I'm going to be really happy. Not because, because the money's the same, but you know, our background in media specifically was very helpful to him. Um, and you know, that's, that makes a difference for an entrepreneur when we have that ability to help in a unique way. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing about Jared and Canvas, not to spend a lot of time on one company, but he's kind of indicative of some really good habits, is that, uh, yeah, Jared started in media with a product that essentially opened up a whole new vista uh, in media where he and the tools the, the company created uh, could reveal the emotional state of the audience uh, uh, in uh, full splendor, real time. So uh, for the first time, you could tell if the audience loved or hated or loathed or felt affection for a particular product or character, all that kind of thing. And, and once producers and uh, 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 cable networks and studios can see the emotional uh, amplitude in front of them, they can't really go back. So it's great. But, uh, and he had uh, enormous success there, essentially every cable company, most of the studios, independent producers, uh, uh, publishers, all of that. But he also had the discipline and the focus on the numbers and the focus on the long-term outcome to recognize that that success in itself was a limitation. That if studios suffered, if cable TV uh, became challenged, he would be challenged along with it. So he made the jump to research uh, departments inside media companies and then to research outside of media companies to the point where now he has both Facebook and Amazon and hundreds of publishers and three lines of business. And that's the kind of real rule of adjustment that a really great entrepreneurs make when they go from the ideas they start with to the real world uh, interaction with uh, the marketplace. Which I think speaks... Um you know, le- actually leads us right to, 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 to what we are as early stage moment of inception investors as opposed to series A or B or, or later stage investors, which is, and I tell people this all the time when I'm talking about what, what do you do specifically for social starts? Well, we are evaluating CEOs, founders of companies on whether or not they can succeed. We often don't have numbers. We often don't have metrics. We don't know sometimes whether or not they can even build the product they say they can build. And so having those, you know, in that rubric, figuring out whether or not that, that, that CEO can hire people around them that are better than they are, that can um, make a difference in terms of the team building, can they set a culture? Those are things, you know, what we do is much more art than science. 
And which is, by the way, which is what's great about it, right? I mean, I, look, I, I, I don't want to look at spreadsheets all day and figure out the metrics, um, because boy, I'm bad at it. But also, you know, the excitement is to, is to talk to that, that that CEO at the moment of inception. You know, that that the closer we are to the moment of inception, the more interesting the conversation is with the CEO. Right, and uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely core for us, and it's it's also at least from my point of view, kind of classic in the sense that uh, uh, why are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of funds not doing what we're doing? It's because they view the moment of inception essentially as a desert. There's nothing there. There's no money. There's no revenue. There's no analyzable surface. You can go out there and you could starve. You could uh, die of thirst. And uh, our point of view is uh, that alternate view of the desert. No, if you know what you're looking for, the desert's full of life. It's just subtle. It's uh, something you have to look at. Uh, um, it's uh, like Dune. We were talking about Dune at a meeting earlier today. And if you're those tribes on Dune, you love the desert. You can prosper in the desert. And the folks from the other planets come in, and they will uh, not be comfortable there. But we are. And, yeah, we think it's a place of great creativity. And it's the root. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's uh, extraordinary fun, uh, intellectually challenging and uh, rewarding to spend so much time talking to companies that and people that have the courage to uh, the courage to begin yeah and it is it is courageous i and and it is there and, and people should not lose sight of the fact that that what they're doing is courageous because they're often giving up a whole lot uh a whole a lot of they're often have previous successes they uh they're they're in demand um, for jobs at, at all kinds of different places, and here they are on their own doing the thing that they want to do, uh, and so that is that 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 is very courageous. I saw a thing. I think it was uh, on one of the social feeds this morning. A meme that was like, "There is a saying of the Buddha: In your lifetime, you will have ten thousand joys and ten thousand sorrows. Do a startup so you can get the ten thousand sorrows out of the way quickly, right, right away. Yeah, <laughs> move on quick." Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things um, you see too is it is whether or not um, you know a startup success is is ill defined externally. We talked a little bit about about before about what startup success is, but too often startups are driven by success that is um, fundraising and um, things that are are actually matter. A great deal to this the ultimate success of the company but the great you know the great entrepreneurs that we see don't care at all um that they've raised money except for what it does to get them to the next milestone that matters um and and so one of the things that uh, i love to talk about was with uh with ceos and some of them get it right away is where does this you know you're you're on a you're on a highway where what what exit does does it get you to? Um, because it, it's not how long does it take you to get there? You know, I I use the analogy. Well, you know, you know when I ask the question, oh well, what does this raise get you? And if they tell me a factor of time, I say, well, I, I'm not interested in buying an airplane ticket that flies me around for five hours. I want an airplane ticket that takes me somewhere. So where is this taking you? And, and, and thinking about it that way. Um, and that's something that I think is, is really important to me as I think about what, how, is, how is the fund's money going to be utilized? Where, is, where does it get us? Yeah, and uh, 
uh, when I talk to startups uh, 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 as a, an investor who's older, who's been doing it a long time, I find myself uh, regularly uh, picking up on what you were just talking about and saying to them uh, with as much uh, positivity and support and uh, love uh, as I can. You know, uh, history says you're going to fail. Uh, of 100 startups, 98 don't make it back to their original value. So you might be the next Zuckerberg. You might be uh, uh, Elon Musk. You could uh, be a figure of historical importance, but probably not. And these ideas could change the course of human experience and uh, become part of daily life in every home in every country, on every planet, there are humans, but probably not. And so uh, it's important as an entrepreneur to not expect that, but at least to uh, meditate on it a little bit and to look at what you're doing and say, if I do this idea, if I take this course, if I go down that highway with this group of people in that direction right now, that's fine whatever the outcome. If we wind up being rich, fine. If we wind up learning a lot, fine. If we wind up, you know, suffering together and we're always going to have the war, fine. Oh, and and people don't think about the impact that an entrepreneur has on someone's life, life necessarily. I mean, you're creating jobs, Right, you're creating jobs that put people into often, um, not to be too dramatic, but into a cauldron that produces um, outcomes for those employees that are exceptional. And the people that I, you know, I was heavily involved in four different startups, and um, the first three of them exited, and um, one exit was was a terrible exit, one was good, and one was outstanding, and. The, but the 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 people that came out of that first one came out and are now tremendous successes because they lived through that experience, right? They experienced all the ups and downs of startups. They came through a market crash. They made very important decisions. And now they're all, you know, VP here, president here. And, and it was a lot of it is because they had that experience in that uh, in that startup, and the same is true for the next two. The people have gone on for the, from those startups, and some of them, by the way, hated being in a startup, and so now they're working for Viacom. Uh, you know, and great. So what? You learned. You learned that you, you're not. You don't want to be in a startup environment anymore. Uh, and some people get that bug and always want to be in a small group of people. Um, but that's that's value. You created jobs. You know, uh, the the first one that uh, the first startup I did that was. Uh, uh, raised a bunch of money, but was not a successful exit. Um, we created, I think, 730 jobs worldwide. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, and it's it, that's true. And it's not just jobs. Um, startups condition uh, the world for the future. Yeah. And uh, and that is like uh, seven dwarves in the great big mine. Uh, every swing of the pickaxe doesn't make the mine. It's like every swing of the pickaxe appears to have hardly any effect on the mine. But enough swings by enough pickaxes create from time to time dramatic breakthroughs that produce the mine and find the diamonds and 
all of that in every startup that ever is or ever was, however long it lasted, however great or not great its success, has helped condition uh, the world for the future with the ideas that uh, it brings forward, with the processes. Uh, every big company is running different today because of the sprints and uh, light design principles and uh, quick iterative processes that have come from recent uh, startups. Every company in the world today bases almost everything it does on technology, yep. which has all come from startups and wasn't true of the companies that dominated the world earlier in my lifetime. Yep. Um, and so all of those things come from uh, startups and all of those uh, values uh, uh, devolve back uh, to the folks that had the courage to uh, to give it a try. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And I think it, it even goes into, you know, more tangible things as compensation and employee benefits. And um, because startups often have to do interesting things to attract employees. And so, um, you know, they are, um, uh, you know, they do they do exciting things, you know, sometimes it's as simple as putting a ping pong table in a room. But, um, you know, that, that those things are, are become important culturally. And, you know, startups drive culture. Uh, they drive employee culture in a way um, uh, that that you know bigger companies, older companies don't. And by the way, the the greatest accomplishment of a startup is to become a really big, successful company. So that bothers me too when someone says, "Oh, I I, I am I'm doing a hard startup because I could never work for a large company." Well, I'll tell you what, McDonald's produces a lot of meals every day at extremely high quality all over the world. Why aren't you aspiring to do that? You know, and so, you know, I, th th and there was once one. one. Yeah. There was once and, one. Yeah. And uh, and I'm so old, I actually remember that one. Um, but yeah, there was once one. And it was once We had one. wine there once, yeah. I think. Yeah. Hardy pioneers, yeah. you know, uh, doing something that nobody had ever done before, responding to cars, responding to urbanization, responding to uh, uh, new ways to do things quickly in a kitchen. And uh, uh, all are responding to their environment the same way uh, yeah. entrepreneurs are responding to all the things that are changing uh, in the world today. You know, I was at a, a conference. One of the things venture capitalists wind up doing is going to conferences a lot. Uh, and uh, they had a startup panel and uh, the little judging contest. And, and one of the folks asked what uh, seemed to be sort of a bland question, but it provoked a Pretty interesting discussion on the panel. So I thought the same thing uh, might be true here. Uh, so what do you think is the single biggest error these brand new entrepreneurs uh, are prone to when they get in front of an investor? Uh, the biggest error I see um, is not understanding the process of making an investment. And so, and I'm not talking about the steps along the way that a particular firm makes, but what is actually motivating the firm to invest into you? And it's the same thing as selling, right? Understanding the motivation of the buyer is a classic, you know, it's the most important thing in selling. It comes before process, it comes before prospecting, it comes before all those things. And I see the same thing out of entrepreneurs who don't understand the things that, the, the decision-making in the firm that is going to drive a decision. And that leads to 
making assumptions about how the meeting is going to go, um, what the investor wants to hear, what they should hear, and where I've blogged about it. It's on our website. It's in so many different places. The way we think about companies, and so and I'm and and, and it's some research, just as you suggested before. They research the they, they research the, the the potential sales um, sales customers. They do all this research, but they you know they they expect me to want to hear certain things when i have a very different style of talking to someone um and so they they're not thinking about how how what it is that's going to motivate us to say yes yep that's exactly what came up in the panel uh, in the form of the biggest mistake is they don't ask us questions well they ask us the same questions yeah they ask us the same questions and you can tell who's been listening and the you know the the really good ones come back and and are saying okay, th- wow, th- I need to know this. It's not about the process. It's not about the time it's going to take. It's not about this. But it's going to say, well, wait a minute. Why does your thesis fit with what I'm doing? Um, and or or well, that's just an example. Right. The other thing that came up in that panel and and uh, uh, with which I agree. Uh, very strongly is that um, uh, the entrepreneurs felt so driven to perform, so felt so driven to be perfect, yep. felt so driven to be everything they might imagine anyone might want them to be. Uh, they failed to do two things. And the big one is they just failed to be themselves. Yeah. Uh, especially at our stage, we're talking about we're at the very beginning we're looking at human beings. So what is most important to us? Who are you, entrepreneur? Not the superficial you, not the glib you, not the practiced and polished you, but who's the you that's inside there at three o'clock in the morning thinking about what really drives you and how you're gonna react to the good and bad the world brings you? That's what we need to know. And if you give us a chance to find that out, then we may really uh, uh, be uh, impressed and uh, kind of fall in love with the person we find in there. And if it's all surface and all slides and all uh, uh, wonderful, uh, we're never going to get there. So you could come and go and a lot of things happen, but we never actually got to the uh, root uh, understanding that we need to invest. When... Um... We often, uh, obviously, we often just talk to a CEO, but we also often talk to a CEO and another co-founder. Um, and invariably, when I have a meeting with the CEO and another co-founder, they learn something about each other they didn't know before. And that, to me, that's a success, right? Because that is the depth of knowledge I want to get about a CEO in particular um, to understand their motivations, all the things that are, 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 we're defining, we're defining, that's wrong. We're deciding whether or not we think they can win. Um, and so you have to, you have to ask questions that most, you know, most other funds don't ask. Um, and you know, which, which makes for unpracticed answers, by the way, which is fantastic. Um, and so that's another fun thing about what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, as they say, time uh, uh, has flown. Uh, and we could, I think, do this uh, all day and all night. This is uh, uh, terrific, but we only have so much time for the podcast. So I think uh, we need to wrap there for now. Thank you, Charles. That was uh, 
Oh, thank you. I enjoyed Terrific. it. Terrific. Uh, Next time and, we're selling uh, tickets. Hey, this was great. We should work together. Um, it's a good idea. Yeah, let's try it sometime. So uh, uh, thanks to uh, uh, all of you who are listening. Uh, again, I'm Mike. I'm the managing partner at Social Starts, which you can find out more about at www.socialstarts.com. Tracks social mobile technology. Where will social mobile technology have its next great impact? And Joyance Partners at www.joyancepartners.com, which uh, tracks uh, the emerging science of health-driven happiness. Uh, how can technology and science help individuals move a little bit along the arc toward joy, happiness, calm, comfort, away from anxiety and pain? Uh, we love talking to entrepreneurs. Drop me a note. I'm Mike at socialstars.com, Mike at joyancepartners.com. Would love to hear from you about companies you have, companies you know about, entrepreneurs you may have come across, or just anything that's on your mind. Uh, we love talking about startups and early stage companies. Uh, we love investing in them. It's a great blessing to be able to do this for a living. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, uh, talk again soon and uh, get a chance to meet some of you in the real world soon. Uh, until then, bye-bye. <laughs>